Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. We're back. Second hour of OutKick 360. Here across the Outkick Network, big thanks to all of our radio partners listening in right now. Uh, Jonathan Hunt likes to say you always remember your first. We feel like all these partners in radio are our first, so we will remember all of you and we thank all of you as well. If you're watching online, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, we thank you on this Friday. I'm Chad Withrow. Paul Koharski is alongside Jonathan Hutton. We'll be back on Monday. David Reed doing everything for us on the radio end, chairman of the board. Big thanks to everyone who makes this show happen uh, daily. In fact, we're going to have a changing of production assistants pretty soon. So uh, Adam Brown, who's been great, who's here with us right now. Yeah, you're one fine. Of, one of his, uh, his last days. Paul's just going to go ahead and make it one of his last hours right now. You know what? Your, your work here is done. There's two hours left in the show, but y- you can be done now. No, Adam's done a great job. Uh, bad story in Dallas, Paul. Uh, the, where Dallas Cowboys corner Kelvin Joseph, a second-round pick out of LSU last year, has been implicated in a Dallas-area nightclub murder. Now, his lawyer has already spoken and essentially said, my client didn't pull the trigger, but he was with everyone who shot and killed someone outside of a nightclub in the vehicle. And this is another bad part of this story. They identified him because... He has a trademark necklace that reads YKDV. This is an acronym for his pseudonym as a rapper. You know the vibe. YKDV boss man fat. Wasn't this the name and of the podcast? And that's how they knew who it that, was. That, that, uh, Baker well, Mayfield was on? That's you never know. <laughs> They're very, very different, Paul, from you know the vibe to you never know, the, oh, the podcast. I got confused. Maybe in the same family, probably the same production company. But either way, he got ID'd because of his trademark necklace he was wearing as part of the group with this. So now you've got a serious situation uh, with Kelvin Joseph, which I don't know how this ends legally, but uh, he's going he's gonna to sit for some time with the Cowboys. And he was penciled in to be a starter. Yeah, personal conduct policy is um, coming, coming for him. Um, and it's, it's never a good thing. Uh, somebody died here um so we shouldn't forget that first and foremost which tends to get glossed over in these situations and you go immediately to uh what is the effect of this on the cowboys which is not the most important thing so um not the the story that the nfl wants to be cropping up um ever and uh, nor the cowboys so really sad for starters no, um, no doubt about it so, Paul, we, we talked a lot about the draft yesterday. We'll get into it a little bit more later with Trevor Sikama. Why, do, why is that name ringing such bells? We were talking about it yesterday. We thought maybe he was a former player. We've concluded he, he doesn't, isn't. Well, so there was a Trevor Simeon, obviously, in the, in the league. Jack Sikma. 
I, I don't know. When I, when I saw Trevor Sikama, I thought, I know Trevor Simeon played at Northwestern, but for some reason I thought he was also a Northwestern quarterback. Maybe not. Either way, he does great work for Pro Football Focus. Uh, so we'll talk to him a little bit later. Looking at the top of the NFL draft, though, and these are some things we'll get into with Trevor uh, here just a little bit later. What's the chances for a complete shock with the number one overall pick? I feel like it's been a while since we've gone into a draft where there's more questions about who's the number one overall pick than there are right now because a lot of different mocks have some different names. Well, I don't think uh, Aiden Hutchinson is uh, you know, clearly the best player in the draft. Trevon Walker, another one that's getting some play and, for number and, one overall. And the tackles are both uh, very good players, Evan Neal and uh, Icky. So, um, you know, I, I think they'd probably, the Jaguars would get shellacked if, if they made a move uh, away from Aiden, but uh, I don't think it would be uh, unreasonable if it wasn't the Jaguars <laughs> for another team's scouting department to reach a conclusion that they preferred somebody else. Um, I do think Detroit is, is poised to grab Hutchinson if he's there, number two. Um, you've got a Michigan guy there who would be going to the Lions. It's a, it's a nice marriage. It fits their needs and all of that. But uh, the Jaguars going away from consensus is not usually well-received considering how, how bad the Jaguars have been. Um, and so I think it would create a firestorm if they did. But it shouldn't because I don't think he's, he's clear. He's not head and shoulders better than anybody else. There's no consensus that has formed that way. And there are other good players at the top of this draft. Paul, I think that we both believe now that Baker Mayfield, speaking of the You Never Know podcast, Baker Mayfield, uh, who feels absolutely disrespected by what the Browns did with him in going after Deshaun Watson and telling him one thing and doing another, you've got a highly motivated Baker Mayfield now for someone, wherever he ends up. I feel like it's all going to come to pass after the draft, when the dust settles with the draft and we see where teams are. Everyone now is pointing to Carolina at pick number six drafting Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and going quarterback in that spot. Carolina's got other needs, though. And if they weren't full believers in one of those guys, what are the odds? Seattle seems, even Baker Mayfield said, Seattle seems to make the most sense right now. He said, I would have said Indianapolis earlier until they did what they did with Matt Ryan. What are the chances we could be looking at a situation where Baker Mayfield and Carolina is the match after the draft? I mean, Baker Mayfield is clearly better than Sam Darnold and what Carolina has to deal with. But I don't know if David Tepper wants to do half measures. Now, it may be all he can do, but maybe he just wants to endure what he has to until he can get in range, you know, and then next year, I don't know how good Carolina's going to be. Probably not very. Um, you know, and then if you're in the same range, six next year, you give up the next year's first and you go and you hope that a team at, at, at in the top two next year happens to be the Jets who still love Zach Wilson or the Jags who aren't going to take one of the top cornerbacks because Trevor Lawrence is still their guy and, and that you can get up there and then you go get a much better prospect coming out in Stroud uh, or in Young or 
maybe you you like the idea of Kyler Murray and you feel like, well, the Arizona thing is falling apart with Kyler Murray and we'll make a big move to go get Kyler Murray, who's better, way better than Baker Mayfield in our eyes. Uh, and, you know, is the, is the next move in these dominoes where veterans get upset, veterans, three-year veteran gets upset with his team and we feel like he's on the cusp and he could come and be the face of our franchise. Carolina, David Tepper is really big on having a franchise quarterback. He really wanted Deshaun Watson. He would have been in on Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever, and he hasn't been able to get there. He's got to be getting impatient. Um, and I think that the move he'd like to make, all indications are, is bigger than Baker Mayfield. So I'm anxious. Tyler Castle in studio with us right now is our resident Cleveland all-sports fan, but Cleveland Browns fan, so I'm anxious to see his – facial expression when I say this. Um, am I crazy to think Baker Mayfield could still be a great NFL quarterback? He played through injury this year. And if I'm looking at the options right now between him and Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is injury prone. I still don't think that Baker Mayfield is quote-unquote injury prone. No, it's I not think he, I think he played through injury, and I think he's still a guy who got Cleveland to the playoffs, which is no small feat. With that organization after a long drought. And I think now that he is pissed off for greatness, I don't look at 27-year-old Baker Mayfield as a bridge guy. I think Baker Mayfield, if given the right opportunity, I think Carolina could be that opportunity, could be a good five, six, seven-year starter for someone and not just a bridge. It seems clear the league isn't viewing him as that. No, they're not. And I think we've talked about it with Hutt. Remember that when in a year was, from now, he might be viewed like that. If he has a low-key season this year, he'd be viewed as a better Trubisky coming out of a year in a low-key, one-year deal situation. I, the thing to me about Mayfield is he's a little inconsistent week-to-week, game-to-game. Not a little, a lot. You know, and he strikes me as a guy that can throw you four touchdowns one week and, and make a, a tremendous run that's a highlight reel thing. And the next week... He can really make some dumb decisions and throw you two interceptions that cost you a game. And in today's league, you need to be more dependable than that. But well, can he still get there? I, I think so. Well, we, so we had this debate around at one point around Baker Mayfield versus Matt Ryan. Who's the better option for a quarterback needy team? And, and I think there's great points on both sides. And I, from a consistency standpoint, it's, it's Matt Ryan. But, but from Matt a, Ryan's Matt a bridge. Matt Ryan's a statue. Matt Ryan's also a bridge guy. Like when we talk about that bridge to the next guy, with his age and his contract situation, he's perfect for the Colts that are trying to win big right now to add a quarterback. He's not, I don't know Baker, if you call Baker, him a bridge. You call him not permanent because what's Matt Ryan have left? Th- three years? That's my point. Baker, yeah, but I wouldn't call but, him a bridge. You're not, he's not holding the job until you find not, a better guy. He's, not Marcus, he's just not a long-term solution. But you are. I mean, he's not Marcus Mariota from an age standpoint as a bridge, but what I mean by that is Matt Hasselbeck at the end of his career for the Titans was a bridge. Matt Ryan's a better version of Matt Hasselbeck when he started for the Titans for a year and a half or two years. But see, I think to was, call right? him a bridge, that, you've got to have about. the next guy coming and the Colts I don't think have the next guy coming well neither do the Falcons right now unless well, they Falcons draft a may well draft them this year and if they don't draft them this year they're definitely drafting him but next point year being I don't the know Colts, that the Colts are drafting a quarterback this year or next year for sure the Colts have to 
I mean, if their plan, long-term plan after two years is Matt Ryan, they're, they're in trouble. Well, it's not their long-term plan, but they can have a year, and then they got to find a quarterback. Yeah, I think they could have two I mean, years. after this year, they got to come up with a plan. Or, or hope that they bottom out and draft a quarterback high for a rookie year after year two. I think, I think if, you, if you're potentially a three-year guy, you're more than a bridge. Any, anyway, on the skill set, Matt Ryan, I think, can throw very well from the pocket, but you damn well better preserve the pocket because he can't move. And Mayfield, never mind just the straight age difference, can shift around and get out of trouble in the pocket. A Matt Ryan immobile quarterback is less and less of a thing in the league. Who else is close to as immobile as Matt Ryan in the league? It's hard to find. Tom Brady. Yeah. But Tom Brady, but Tom moves Brady a little gets bit in the rid pocket. of the and gets yeah. rid of the ball, doesn't allow himself to be hit. I don't know that Matt Ryan is doing uh, that to the same degree. Well, they're so different in style. I yeah. mean, between Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I, I just I don't think of Baker Mayfield the same way as some of these guys. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if he goes somewhere, if he's healthy, he's your quote unquote bridge for a year or two while you're searching. You continue. What I mean by bridge is you have a starting quarterback. You know he's your starting quarterback right now but you're continuing to look for the long-term solution. I agree, but that's, I, think we need to split it. I think we need to split it into two groups, though. Garoppolo, I think you can win with for a time. Ryan, you can win with for a time. Mariota is a stopgap. Ma- Mariota is a Band-Aid. Yes, I, you know, I, so I agree with that. Let's split those into two different categories. Well, then let's, let's, You've got no long-term future with Mariota. Well, let's put Baker Mayfield Matt Ryan, in a you can category. win a, a Super Bowl with. Let's put Baker Mayfield in a totally different category. Could be your guy. Yeah. Could be. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean he is, yeah, but you know. give him a shot if you're Carolina yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, Seattle you're right. or someone else, and he could prove everyone wrong. And then you look up after a year and say, well, we got to really rethink things and renegotiate things and make this guy our quarterback for four or five years because he's only 27. And he doesn't have a long-term history of, of injuries. So that's why, something to think about. That's why it seems weird that the teams that were in it for Deshaun Watson that lost out, and who are the three? Carolina, Atlanta, and who was the other one that lost out when Cleveland wasn't there? Should still Washington. be looking. No, it wasn't Washington. Um, Washington was initially in. But they... Well, Miami a long time ago. didn't find big solutions. Mariota is no cure, so you should still be looking. Maybe you're looking in the draft, and this is just going to come to light after the draft. Carolina should still be looking. And I think after the draft, Mayfield's got to have more potential destinations. Otherwise, he really almost seems like, I'm not going to say blacklisted. I'm going to say just like his, his, his combination of a bad season off of injury and the... The we want an adult comment, so his his lack of maturity on a certain level. Not that he's completely immature, but which he's got Jimmy some, Haslam totally denies. Yeah, but Anyone he's, got, he's got some boyishness to him, if you will. He's not the first guy you'd pick to lead a he, huddle. He he chose to speak on the "You Never Know" part podcast. Right. So that speaks for itself. <laughs> Those things mount up against him, and then he's got to find a Trubisky situation. But he's an expensive Trubisky. And then, like Hutton said, let's give him credit, a year from now, all of a sudden after you're quiet, maybe you play a couple games as a, as a backup or an alternative, and you do reasonably well. A year from now, all of a sudden you're a commodity. I think that's going to be – that. I'm not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. 
really long-term or where he ends up. I'm very interested to see what happens with Baker Mayfield post-draft. Because everything now is leading up to the draft. We'll see what teams do at quarterback that need a quarterback early in the draft. But Baker Mayfield won to watch. It is puzzling that his, so much air has gone out of his balloon. And, I mean, really, the, the big thing – And I don't Two big it. things that happened to him are he hurt his shoulder – and his team decided to go get somebody who's clearly better than he is. Those yeah, are not crimes against insult, humanity. Yeah, what's the insult as the rest of the league looks at it from someone saying Deshaun Watson is an upgrade over our current quarterback? Pretty much everyone in the league would say that from a quarterback standpoint. That's not a huge insult to no. Baker Mayfield. So not at I, all. I don't get it. I'm with you. Three big questions surrounding the NFL. We're going to break down three big questions around the NFL that's when we come back. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are back. Outkick 360. Across the Outkick Network, I'm Chad Withrow, Paul Kuharski alongside. Chairman of the board, David Reed, is with us. Jonathan Hutton will be back on Monday. Big show in Birmingham this weekend. We will be at Protective Stadium. We'll be there with Outkick the Tailgate starting at 3.30 Central Time, 4.30 Eastern tomorrow afternoon. Wherever you watch this show, you can watch that show tomorrow. Looking forward to it. New Jersey Generals, Birmingham Stallions, 7.30 Eastern tomorrow night on Fox and NBC. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to taking in everything going on with the USFL over the weekend in Birmingham. Also looking forward to the NFL Draft, Paul, and something we're going to cover and talk a lot about as we get closer and closer to draft time. We've got three big questions surrounding the NFL right now, and we're going to start with a draft-related question. Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis? This seems to be the big question now. Before it was, you know, are we going to see a quarterback taken in the top half of the draft? Are we going to see a quarterback in the first round? Is there a quarterback that's first-round worthy in this draft? All of those questions are still valid. But now the big debate is between Willis and Pickett as to who's the best quarterback in this draft. Look, um, I don't feel an electricity about Pickett. You've seen him more, more than I have. He's got a complete college career. He's more pro-ready for sure. Um, you know, and, and we've made fun of the small hands thing. But the guy did fumble the ball 38 times in his college career, which is not a good thing. Um, to me, if you're taking one of these guys, Willis is a bundle of, of nice traits that need to be developed into a, a pro quarterback. He's got a higher ceiling. He's, he's fast. He moves well. He throws the ball with zip. Um, you want him to dominate at the level he played at at Liberty after he transferred there for two years. He had 48 touchdown throws, 18 picks, 29 touchdown runs. That's what you want to see in two years at that level. I don't think he's a guarantee for sure. But which one of these guys has the potential to become a big-time NFL quarterback? A big-time NFL quarterback, which we're – 
talking, all the conversations we've had, Chad, since the season end ended, all about how you've got to be a big-time NFL quarterback. You've got to have a big-time NFL quarterback. Well, I think Kenny Pickett is going to max out at 12 to 15. And I don't know if you win a Super Bowl with 12 to 15. I think if Malik Willis is shaped into what Malik Willis could be, and I don't know if he's going to be it, but what he could be, he could be a top five quarterback. So I'm taking Malik Willis. I'm taking neither of them and waiting till next year. But if I'm taking one of these two guys, I'm taking Malik Willis because of the potential upside. But I'm scared of him. I think it's really close between these two. I think it's a little bit too simplistic in how people talk about both quarterbacks. The assumption is because Malik Willis played in Hugh Freeze's offense that's simple, that he's simple, right? That, well, he's not as – he's not. He's a smart guy who can process defenses and can see things in a different way. But he hasn't been asked to do a lot of that yet. He hasn't been asked to do it, and – it, he's a little bit erratic at times. When he has not been good, it's, it, there's been some misdiagnosis Absolutely. Of, of what he's seeing. So that's, that's a trouble spot. I'm going with Kenny Pickett here. I'm going opposite of you, Paul, because Kenny Pickett, playing for Mark Whipple and that offense at Pitt, he's more pro-ready right now, and I just think he's more pro-ready for the, the long haul. He's, he's a, I think, a bit more accurate on tough throws. Uh, he's got sneaky mobility. You know, he's more mobile than people want to give him credit for. I don't see anything with the hand size that people are talking about. Same was said about Joe Burrow uh, when he came out in the draft. Um, I look at Kenny Pickett from a style standpoint as very similar to a Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield coming out of college. Doesn't run as much as those guys did, but can run when he needs to, and most importantly, can move around the pocket and get out of trouble. I really like Kenny Pickett. Is he as electric as those two? Well, also, it's, it's about where they go. You know, talk to me after the draft about who I feel best about. I'll give you an example. If Kenny Pickett ends up in Atlanta with Arthur Smith, that's going to be a great pairing. Kyle Pitts, Kenny Pickett, Arthur Smith, give me that triumvirate. Needs a run game. That, that is an Arthur Smith-type quarterback. So I, I, I would feel great about him there. How is he in Carolina? Don't know. If he goes to a, a worse franchise, worse offense, don't know. Um, I feel like I'm going to have a different sense of my prediction for both quarterbacks based on where they land in the draft. But all things equal right now, I've got a team that needs a quarterback, and both are on the board. I'm taking Kenny Pickett. How about Malik Willis in Pittsburgh? I would, I would rather have Kenny Pickett if, if in Pittsburgh also. But I, I think that it, that's going to be – I'm saying it because I think Pittsburgh would be a little bit like Baltimore's been with Lamar Jackson, not comparing him to Lamar Jackson, but in their patience and willingness to shape things to benefit him. They they wouldn't square peg round hole it. If if they took him, they would be all in on it. He's a better prospect than Desmond Ritter. Dane Brugler at the Athletic has Desmond Ritter going to Pittsburgh. With the other two gone. In that spot, with the other two gone. I also I'm think Pittsburgh move up. Ritter might be more pro ready even than Malik Willis right now, even though Malik Willis well, Malik may be Willis the better Malik Willis isn't going to be a factor this so, year. He probably plays games late in the season and probably struggles. So you're going Willis. I'm going Pickett with this question. Let's stack the AFC West now, Paul. This is the division that everyone wants to talk about. 
with all the talent, with quarterback moving in, with talent moving into Vegas, Kansas City is still there. The Chargers bringing in more talent also. They've upped their game, especially defensively this offseason. How do you stack that very difficult division? Well, I've been burned on predicting the Chiefs' demise before, so I'm not going to be burned on it again, though I think Tyreek Hill is an awfully hard guy to, uh, to replace. They've got Valdez Scantling and Smith Schuster to start to do it. They're going to draft somebody high here, though if it's Jamison Williams, he's not going to help them early. Um, they've let Honey Badger go and replaced him with Justin Reed, who's a damn good player and only 25. Um, the, the Chiefs should be the class of this division still. Uh, I'm in love with the Chargers, and I, I think the Chargers are moving in a good direction. I think uh, Brandon Staley will be better in his second year. Um, they add Khalil Mack, and they add J.C. Jackson. Those are two big defensive pieces. They've added Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, who are pluggers. Their run defense was a big issue. I expect them to address that in the draft. And I simply love Justin Herbert, who I think – you know, is right there poised to do something like Joe Burrow did last year to help a team take off. I'm, uh, I'm not as sold on the Raiders and the Broncos with first-year head coaches. I understand everybody's in love with the Broncos with a new quarterback in Russell Wilson, but you've got a first-year head coach and a first-year defensive coordinator there. That's a lot of newness. Um, I don't know where I am with Broncos Raiders. I could see the Broncos and Raiders tied at the bottom. I'll give an edge to to the Raiders, um, but I think it's a two playoff division, two playoff team division, and I think those two teams are the Chiefs and, much to people's surprise, probably the the Chargers. So you're going Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah, Chiefs are the smart play. I'm going Chiefs until proven otherwise. Uh, at the top of the division. Um, I, I like and I don't like what they've done this offseason, but they've been there. They've done that. They have Patrick Mahomes. It's about the coach I, I'm, the I'm going Chiefs. I think it's close, and I don't think it's close with the Chargers. I, I have been right on this with the Chargers. I've been the one on this show most reluctant to crown them. You have. still haven't gone to the playoffs. I've got Chargers third in this division. It's the Raiders. The Raiders got better this offseason than anyone else. That They improved more than anyone else They've in that division. They've added 15 guys as, as free agents, most of them bit players, plus traded for Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams puts them in a new stratosphere. Derek Carr, he's been there before, but they lock him up a lot more long-term. I love this Raiders team. I think everything surrounding them last year with all the Gruden mess and everything else, they did a good job uh, with Rich Bisakia, but... I think that was just a good team that was able to fight through it. I, I don't know that Basakia did a terrific job coaching it or they just had a lot of talent and were able to withstand because they had the talent. They have the talent. They're going in a new direction now with McDaniels at coach. Give me the Raiders second in that division. I think Chargers third. I'm with you on, on the Broncos. I'm just not ready to go there yet. They've got good young receivers. Russell Wilson makes them. It's a difference maker, obviously, and a big upgrade at quarterback. Uh, but I'm not ready to say that they're better than the Chargers or the Raiders. I think the Broncos finished last in that division. And uh, give me Chiefs one, Raiders two, Chargers three. I like in that a, order. maybe the Broncos 2023. 
they need to do some settling in, I would expect. Yeah, they also need to figure out who their owner is going to be at some point. That's going to be a, a step in that, that franchise's progression as well. Um, but, yeah, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Paul, third question you wanted to throw out there, Vegas or Miami? Who are you taking? Yeah, Hutton started to touch on this the other day. They're very similar teams in that they, uh, they've set things up better for their, um, their quarterback. Uh, they're the two teams that made the big trades for the big wide receiver, the Devontae Adams in, in Las Vegas and uh, Tyreek Hill in, in Miami. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr is a better quarterback at this stage than Tua. Um, and another similarity is their defense is really keyed around the corner. Patrick Sertain in, in Denver and Xavier Howard in, in Miami, two of the better young corners, Howard a little bit older in, in Miami. I can't believe that I, I'm saying it. Here's the reason I'm saying it. I, I prefer Miami, and here's why. Miami last year, when they weren't that good, they went on that run, but it was a schedule-based to a degree. Um, and they've changed coaches since that. 2-0 and against the Jets, 2-0 and against the Pats. If things go well for Miami, they're merely chasing Buffalo. Buffalo clearly the cream of the uh, NFC East. But I don't think the Jets have gotten that much better. And I think the Patriots are very human. Um, and Mac Jones is certainly very human. We just talked about the, the AFC West. It's a slaughterhouse there. I, I mean, you're, you're fighting and clawing. And, and the Raiders are going to have the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers. Every one of those games is losable. Every one of them. I think Miami's got an advantage with their division. Uh, I think Tua's been uh, surrounded by a lot, a lot of talent. I don't like him. I, I don't think he's going to be great by any means. I think they're looking for a quarterback next year. Another thing, we talked about uh, new coaching. Josh Boyer has been in position with Miami. It's his third year there, and he's been defensive coordinator since 2020. There's some continuity. I, I like Vegas. I like Vegas. I, I got him second in the AFC West. For one big reason, I'm taking Derek Carr over Tua. Um, I think they're much better off at quarterback in Vegas than when Miami. Now, if Miami was able to pull off what they were attempting to pull off with Deshaun Watson, if they had everything else around them with that, with that quarterback. Or Tom Brady. Yeah, or Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, part owner also of the Dolphins, was the report. Um, we'd have a different story here. Give me Vegas. They're the better team. I agree with you, though, Paul, that they're in the worst spot in terms of division as opposed to Miami, which their division now is pretty weak when you look around, but uh, I, I think Vegas is the better team. I think Vegas is going to be one of the bigger surprises this year across the league. Let's spin off on this for a second on what I hit on the Patriots there. I, I said, you know, when Brady had immediate success, when he left and Belichick struggled in the first year without him, you know, you can't automatically say Tom wins uh, and Belichick loses and, and New England was more about Brady than it was about Belichick. And I think no matter what happens, New England was about both of them. I know everybody wants to weight it more to one than the other. And so, and so far, it looks like more Brady. You have to wait it out on Belichick. And I don't think you can ever downscore Belichick for his 20 years of, of what he did for that organization. But I'm not buying that New England is anything special right now. Mac Jones... Very much middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I understand he's only going into his second year, but he doesn't have any of that Burrow, Herbert, any of, any of that. 
This is a game management quarterback team in a, in a conference that's loaded with heavyweights. I think the whole Brady-Belichick debate and the results of that debate devalues head coach in the NFL a bit. From this perspective, it's clearly Brady. I don't think it's half and half. It's clearly more Brady than Belichick with their success there. And a big part of that, Paul, is the fact that Brady allowed Belichick to be Belichick. Belichick can't do what he wants to do from a control standpoint, from running the defense, the personnel, all of that, unless you have an all-time great and an all-time great leader at quarterback where you don't really have to worry about it. And Tom Brady could put the ego aside enough for many years until the very end, could put it aside enough to let Bill Belichick berate him in front of the team, get on to him to set the standard, right? How many guys would allow that today? How many first-round pick quarterbacks would allow that? And now match that with Brady's talent, with the leadership, with the accuracy, with all of that, I think that Brady allowed Belichick to be Belichick. Not that Belichick's not an all-time great NFL coach. He is. But moving forward now, with the results of those two and the split, I think it devalues head coach a lot. Mike Frabel says this a lot. He'll say a lot of things that almost devalues his own position, right? And that's him being honest as a former player that, hey, it's about players. You know, ultimately it's about players. And people could look at that and say, well, that's someone putting it on the players and they don't do well. But it's also taking a lot of the shine off of you and the job that well, you do. Well, it's also a guy that was a good player yes. who understands. You know, he won three Super Bowls, and he was for eight years on, on that team with that coach who, who made it uh, about, ultimately about players. But players who were versatile and flexible and could execute different game plans week to week and do something completely different this week than they did last week in order to win and take advantage of, of an, an, an opponent. But uh, New England hasn't drafted great, certainly hasn't drafted great at, at a position like re- receiver. And uh, a lot of that is coming to bear, coming to roost. Uh, it's a big year for New England. It's a big year for, for Belichick. And, you know, now is he being too smart where Joe Judge, a special teams coach, and, and, uh, and, and, and Matt Patricia, a defensive coach, are going to be his two coach? chief offensive coaches? That looks to me like you're doing too much. It's okay to, to acknowledge that, that uh, McDaniels is a loss and you need to replace him with, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Bill O'Brien? I think the big mistake by Belichick, and I don't think he's doing this, but would be to treat the loss of Brady and now moving forward with Mac Jones or whoever your quarterback is as, well, we're just going to continue doing what we do and be the Patriots. Not from a from the standard and practice regimen and all that and your expectations for player standpoint, but you got to know that you got to do some things differently. You have to acknowledge the loss of Tom Brady. I don't know that he ever fully acknowledged the loss of Tom Brady because that's not how his mind operates. Yeah, I, I don't see them doing that yet. You have to come to grips with the fact that you are now different without Tom Brady. And I'm not sure. I think it started to happen a little bit last season with Mac Jones, but I don't know that he's fully comprehended that yet. And they could play well and win, but I just pointed out, I mean, uh, they got swept by Miami. And Miami wasn't very good. They, they've, got, they've got work to do. And the Bills are clearly the kings of, of that division now. It didn't take long. 
Yeah, it's uh, that's going to be a division to follow. But you're going Miami mainly because of the division. I'm going Vegas. I think they're a better team, but I agree with you that Miami's in the better division setup. Yeah, I just want to be clear. I don't like Tua. I, I think he'll, he'll – I, I expect him to have a functionally good year, but not a year that declares that he's I, – I think Miami comes out of the season the same place they go into the season with uncertainty about whether he's the guy. So Bob Stoops is saying that he's probably out on Fox with their college football coverage because he's an XFL coach, leading to speculation that Urban Meyer is back in. We'll discuss when we come back. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, OutKick 360 across the OutKick network, live from our 6th and Peabody Studios downtown Nashville with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. So Bob Stoops goes on a sports talk radio show in Oklahoma City and says that he is no longer going to be a Fox college football analyst because of the conflict of interest with him being an XFL head coach and the direct competition with the Fox-owned and backed USFL versus the XFL. And when I read this story, Paul, my first response was, well, duh. Of course that's going to happen. You have to understand that when you go with that league and not the league that your employer owns that you're probably not going to be on set for the Fox Sports college football pregame show anymore. Seems like if Fox really liked him, though, he could have done one more season because XFL doesn't start until Well, I would say in reverse. If he really liked Fox, then he could have just gone to the USFL. And stay there. Now, I don't know what his contract stated because yeah, he signed either. up with the XF, XFL the year before and, or 2020 and COVID. First time around. Yeah, COVID stopped that. So he was, he's the one returning coach to an XFL team there. But I think it kind of works both ways. I feel like he probably would have had an opportunity to coach a USFL team. And the USFL's got a pretty power-packed coaching roster also. Bob Stoops would have been a great addition to that. And he's with the XFL, so it kind of makes sense. I, Is again, the XFL's I don't, whole coaching I don't roster know, I don't know the level of commitment on either side to that, but I think both sides may show a little bit of a lack of commitment to him being back. Is the XFL's entire coaching roster out? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But Yeah, uh, Wade, two days ago, Wade Phillips, Jim Hazlitt, Bob Stoops uh, among the eight hires. So they do have their, uh, their whole roster out. Oh, yeah, the others are former NFL players. Terrell Buckley, Heinz Ward, Rod Woodson, Reggie Barlow, and Anthony Becht. Well, so here's what I'll say about the Fox college football coverage. The other part of their support is that Urban Meyer is coming back to it. Well, this creates room for him. Yes, now because Bob Stoops stepped in for Urban Meyer when he left for the NFL to coach Jacksonville. We all know how that ended. So now this would create a spot for him just to come back after one season away. Um, it's clear Fox liked Urban Meyer on that show. I'm a little bit conflicted here in that I don't like Urban Meyer almost anywhere. 
uh, from a personality standpoint when he was a coach. That includes his time at Florida, Ohio State, or Jacksonville. There's no arguing with his success in the college game. But I actually liked him on television. I thought that was one spot where he was pretty good as an analyst on, on Fox Sports. I thought the first ESPN go-around, when he would go on ESPN, he came across as too pious in his position. I think he smoothed out the rough edges with that, and he was actually pretty good on that Fox show. So I'm a little bit conflicted in that. It kind of makes sense for them to go back to him after one year off. See, I know my opinion will be, I'll probably get shredded for this, and very few people will agree with me. I don't want to hear from Urban Meyer anymore. If Urban Meyer can go to the NFL and be that bad and that clueless about many things where there's a, there's a chance that he didn't know who Aaron Donald was and stuff, I don't care about his expertise in, 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 that, in college football. I'm going to look at him and listen to him, and I can't not see Jacksonville failure. You know, it's like almost an a internet well, do you, do you see that with Nick Saban? Do you look at him every time and just think, he didn't really fail in Miami, but didn't last? No, he did didn't fail last? in Miami. Uh, I do see it because I'm so NFL-centric, and I hate Nick Saban. But uh, to see this guy broadcasting as, as a college football expert, I'm just going to see like a, a, a Twitter meme with the Jaguar mascot head on him and him doing dumb stuff that got him fired. I'm going to see him sitting on that stool not having gotten on the plane, sitting on the stool, rubbing up against the girl. I'm going to see all the dumb stuff he did. And I'm going to hear him talk about, well, this young man made a bad decision when he did X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to think about what a hypocrite he is while he stayed back and did some of the same stuff he's going to tell us these kids shouldn't be doing. And it's going to drive me insane. And I'm going to be less likely to watch that show. I think if he talks about matters of uh, conduct, then yes, you'll come across as a hypocrite. He did that at ESPN, and I crushed him for it when he was doing that. I didn't hear as much of that uh, in his role with Fox, but yes, you will come across as a hypocrite if you talk about players getting in trouble in college and how they should not be doing that and not showing at least a little bit of empathy uh, towards that given, given his tenure with Jacksonville. Um, it's interesting, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who will, if you are an NFL fan first, it's going to be hard not to watch Urban Meyer and think about all the problems in Jacksonville. There's no way around yeah, that. that's my basket. The thinking probably is, if you're watching a college football pregame show, you're going to be thinking about Urban Meyer, the college coach, and not care as much about that. Because Urban Meyer will always be able to flaunt his college record, yeah. right? But to your point, Paul, yeah. If you hate Urban Meyer, you're always going to be able to flaunt that not even full season in Jacksonville. Uh, against him as NFL fans. So, I don't know. It's an odd spot because, again, I don't really like Urban Meyer in almost any setting other than him being a part of that studio show. I didn't think he was very good. I thought he was fine at ESPN. I thought he came across as overly pious. Certainly wasn't any good in Jacksonville. Did not work out at all. Uh, was a great college coach and is good in that seat. So, I can see if there's a comfort level. Hey, Bob Stoops is with the XFL. We're with the USFL. He's out. We can easily just slide Urban Meyer right back in. Who knows how to work with all these guys? Do we think he wants it immediately? Yes. What else is he going to do would be my response. They disappear for a while. I don't think guys like Urban Meyer want to disappear. If I wish they feel they did. like they are healthy enough to do something, I feel like they want to be 
in the spotlight. I mean, Urban I Meyer. I would like for a guy. Urban who, Meyer was on Outkick being interviewed by Dan Dockich a week after he got fired, you know, or, or close to it, doing media. A couple weeks. But uh, I wish there was a degree of shame where you'd like to be out of the limelight for a while. Well, I think when you see what Gil Brandt said in his age, and you had a, a Fox News minute about this earlier this week, Paul, and I agree with you, that's one where he should step away from a microphone or a camera. I don't know that Urban Meyer is that guy yet in terms no, of not. things that he would say on camera or on mic. I don't think he's quite there yet. He's not. Um, I'll tell you who else is not there yet. Brent Hubbs. We're not oh. ready to retire Brent Hubbs yet. No, sir. He's one of our favorites. Brent Hubbs uh, on this Good Friday is joining us from church, I believe. He is wow. setting up something at his church. Um, I, I assume Brent is probably a good deacon. Is the clergy at, approved at his of this? church? I think he, he, maybe he's backstage, setting setting something up. They call it stage. Uh, well, side side stage, side altar. I don't know what they what do they call it, Paul? Altar. I you would, grew uh, up in the church. I, I, well, in my church, it's an altar. Yeah, side altar. He's side I, I altar right now, setting things it. up, getting ready for a Good Friday service, and the very good Brent Hobbs, always good with us is still going to keep his obligation to us and join us when we come back. We'll talk Vols. We'll talk SEC with VolQuest.com's very own Brent Hubs. That's coming up next. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.